You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And bringing you today's episode is Draft. Our friends at Draft always like to do Draft Wednesday with us. And we're always so happy to have them. You can use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Locked On Bucks uh, at Draft. You can go to the App Store and download Draft or go to Draft.com and come play free with us. Uh, we always do a draft uh, some Wednesdays. If I'm in a good mood, I do a couple drafts. And uh, last week, Frank, you won again. Is that that's that's two draft Wednesdays in a row for you, right? That's three. I'm I've been in the money three straight. Whoa. Uh, three straight times, man. A couple of second place, a couple of second place finishes, and no longer the bridesmaid last week, my friend. Wow. I'm just uh I'm just gonna put all my money into draft, man. I gotta. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. But it, I am having a good time. It is fun when you when you win, and with obviously with only six people in a draft. You know, you have one in three chance of of actually winning winning some money. So it's yeah. actually kind of fun. And and I was just thinking, like, it, now it's false advertising to say, "Come take our money," because yeah, we win em, we, we win enough, and I'm gonna take credit for you winning. <laughs> um, we win enough that you know you're, you're not gonna take our money, um, but you probably will. Uh, again, you can do it at draft. Follow us. I'm at Eric underscore name. Frank is at Lockdown Frank. And if you if you follow us, that makes it easier for us to, you know, invite invite you to the drafts and get you in them and uh, give you a chance to kind of play with us and talk some trash. I know every every week we've done it. That means that, that on Wednesday I get a bunch of tweets from people telling me they're ready to take my money and um, that that's it's fun, but you're not going to do it. Uh, so we'll we'll keep it rolling, Frank. Uh, first, I wanted to talk about the fact that. The state of Wisconsin refuses to get above 10 degrees, and uh, I'm just really pissed off about it. It's really infuriating uh, because every time I talk to you, it feels like my voice is in a different uh, uh, different tenor, a different uh, octave. It I hate it. I, I cannot go outside. I went outside for a total of... Mm, 10 to 15 seconds today. Uh, literally just walking from my car in the parking garage at ESPN Milwaukee uh, to inside the like actual building. And I was very close to the door. And my voice is trash because of it. So, Wisconsin, figure it out. I'm effing sick of it. I'm sick of my voice doing strange stuff every night I talk to Frank. So, cut it out. Sorry, I need to get that one out. 
I, yeah, I mean, just just move south, man. That's that's uh, that's the easy solution here. I, actually, it has been cold, unseasonably cold in Texas as well the last few days. Um, <laughs> our friend, we, uh, our, our friend Mitchell Maurer from Brew Hoop, uh, texted me yesterday. He's like, "Man, I had to get out the heated blanket because uh, you know it's been cold down here in Texas." I was like, "Dude, you don't get to say that." Yeah, it, right it's now. been. It's been like below freezing a couple days, which is which is really cold Dang. for Texas. But um, not like during the day it was in the 30s, but uh, at night it got I think below freezing. So and right now I'm in Dallas right now. It's 26 degrees here. So um, you know we're not totally immune down here from uh, some some nippy weather. But uh, I will not claim to uh, to be <laughs> suffering what uh, everybody else is back home in Wisconsin. So yeah, I, I'm I'm soft. I'm I'm just super soft at this point, and uh, but at least I'm I'm having to suffer a little bit in my softness. <laughs> um, okay, uh, other news and notes. I guess that's news and notes that I'm pissed off about the weather. Um, but other news and notes. Uh, DJ Wilson will be heading to the herd uh, on Wednesday, and. Again, I told you before the podcast, I l- tried to kind of look through the notes and the game logs and just make sure that what I was thinking was right, and I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I believe this will be the first time that DJ Wilson will be with the herd on a home game night for the Bucks. Like, the Bucks are in Milwaukee, and yet they still had him go with the herd. Um, they will be in Oshkosh, the Bucks will be in Milwaukee, uh, but I, I guess... It, it it was notable to me in that I'm curious to see if this becomes more of a trend, if it becomes more regular that every every home game for the herd that DJ ends up going to play with them. Here's a random thought I was having the other day, not not after the Toronto game because Thonmaker played really well, um, but maybe a week or two ago I I kind of had this thought go through my head and I haven't I don't think I've said it out loud to anyone, but what if they just put in DJ Wilson instead of Thon maker in one of these games? Like, is that crazy just to like see what DJ, I mean, granted you could also just, I mean, there's no reason you would need to play DJ Wilson at center because, you know, I mean, they, they could play him at power forward. He, he's the only backup power forward on the roster at this point who's healthy. Um, but I don't know. I just kind of had that thought while watching Thon kind of struggle and, you know, not rebound and not do anything really productive that like, I was like, well, could DJ Wilson would DJ Wilson actually be worse at this? Even though he's he's not really like a you know a center, obviously. But I just kind of had that thought that probably couldn't be any worse if you if you threw DJ Wilson out there. But obviously, Thon's had some some moments since then. Hopefully, those kind of continue. But I, I don't know. Is that is that crazy or is that is that like not crazy? I mean, that's kind of what they did with Thon last year, right? Like all yeah. of a sudden, he just randomly got thrown into the lineup. Um, and I would assume it was probably around this time because the Thon appeared in, what, 52 last year? Um, so this was probably around the time where uh, you saw them do it with him. So I would say no, it is not that crazy. I don't know if it'll be that successful. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, and, but, I'm, and I'm torn out as well because, I mean, I, I would much rather have Thon Maker yeah. fight through whatever he, you know, his struggles and, and get better as a center. Um, then you know, throw DJ Wilson some random minutes here and there. But by the same token, I mean, you don't need to give DJ Wilson minutes at center to get him on the court, right? I mean, you could just play him um, when Giannis is off the court because it seems like I, I don't. I'd be curious to see what uh, I could probably look this up quick. But um, I, I mean, Chris, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about Chris Middleton at power forward, but it feels like that's happened a lot this year. And I mean, we even saw some Chris at center in that one game, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm just feeling salty watching all these other rookies who were, you know, <laughs> mid to late first round picks actually be good. And DJ Wilson, like have zero leash and, and zero, you know, confidence with this coaching staff. So, um, and, and it could be very justified. I don't know, but we're just, we don't even really see him out there, you know, with the chance. Yeah. Um, it, it is kind of difficult to, to figure out and I get, I shouldn't say figure out whether or not he's playing, but just difficult to figure out where he's at. Um, you don't really know if he's close to being somewhat productive, if he's a million miles away from being productive, if he could come in and be productive in very selective spot minutes. Like you just don't really have any idea. And, um, that, that's I don't know if that's somewhere you really want to be uh, with a first round pick. Uh, Thirty, uh, how many games into the season are we? Even thirty five games or so into the season. Um, yeah. So uh, it's just it's again, and, and I think the last couple weeks it's been more evident because you've played some teams that have had some guys that uh, the Bucks could have had, and you're just generally seeing rookies prosper this year. Um, there are a number of notable ones and just not getting anything out of them. So uh, kind of frustrating to see, but we'll see if maybe going to the herd gets him some confidence and then that means he gets some run uh, with the Bucks, or maybe that just means he keeps getting some run with the herd and even that might be good for him at this point. And speaking of something that can be good sometimes and frustrating others today's episode is brought to you by draft uh, we're always hanging out over at draft on wednesdays we do draft wednesdays each and every week on the lockdown network uh, and hopefully you've been joining us there if you haven't you've been missing out on a whole lot of fun it's very easy to join all you have to do is download the draft app on your phone or or go to draft.com and then create an account and you can start playing with us. And uh, these last couple weeks, we've been filling up a bunch of leagues. We've been having a lot of fun and a lot of people trash talking on Twitter and generally just kind of enjoying everything that, that we're doing on draft. So hopefully you are one of those people. And if you aren't, join us tomorrow or I guess join us today since this will be on Wednesday, join us today on draft Wednesday and you can get a draft done in under five minutes and get paid out the, the very next day. And uh, there's always a, a good feeling when you know you win on Wednesday night and Thursday night, you're going to have some more money in your account. That's always a good feeling. So, Hopefully you will join us and you can do it by getting a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Locked On Bucks, and that'll get you a free play and how it'll show up on your app is it'll say you have a ticket and it'll show you the games that you can enter into to use that ticket and the drafts that we create will be one of them. We always do the $3 drafts uh, that you can just get right in with that ticket. So if you haven't joined us, join us today. Use the promo code LOBucks, and then you can just join our draft for free and get a chance to take our money. So come hang out with us over at Draft. We have a lot of fun. And be sure to also talk trash to me on Twitter uh, when you get that chance. But uh, hopefully I'm the one doing the trash talking when everything is said and done. Frank, the other topic we wanted to talk about today before we got to uh, previewing the Pacers game was uh, 
before we started recording, we were talking about what we thought might happen in that game, and very pessimistically, I said, well, Victor Oladipo's out. The Bucks, That just seems like the type of game the Bucks would lose, because, say it with me, everyone, never trust the Bucks. Um, but then you said, well, I don't know if they're going to lose, but like, they're definitely not going to blow them out or get blown out. And I was like, huh. Okay, yeah, that's probably interesting. And then I said something to the extent of, that's so weird, the Bucks never really blow anyone out. And this is something that we've talked about, that uh, the Bucks always kind of have high-stress minutes uh, for Middleton and for Giannis when they play them these long, long stretches because they're kind of always in games. They, they're never, I shouldn't say never, but they're rarely all the way out of games and they're are rarely all the way... Uh, just blowing a team out. That just isn't something that they've done this year. Uh, and then we looked at the expanded stats on ESPN.com, and they have uh, a couple different point-specific game measurements, uh, three-point games and ten-point games, and then versus 500 and above teams and versus below 500 teams, uh, and then overtime. And going through it, the the good news, the Milwaukee Bucks are 3-0 and in three-point games. Uh, so if it is very close late, uh, they are they're able to pull those out, which might explain why their point differential isn't isn't maybe as good as their record is. I haven't checked on the point differential in a yeah, while. Yeah, it's like minus it's like minus point five. So, so they have a they yeah. have like a sub five hundred point differential. So they they are nineteen and sixteen on the season and three and zero in three point games. So that Boom. uh there you go there you go. Uh, and then I was looking at ten point games. And it's almost stunning looking at the rest of the league, yeah. Because the Bucks are four and six in ten point games, so that means games decided by ten points or more. Either you lose by ten or more, or you win by ten or more. And the Bucks are four and six on the season, uh, so a total of ten games. And everyone else in the league has more. Like yeah. whether it's wins or losses, they just have more. Uh, I think the next lowest team is the Trailblazers at thirteen of those games. They're six and seven on the season in ten point games, uh, and then everyone else is, I think, fourteen. Oh, excuse me, the Cavs are seven and five in ten point games. They are the lowest, uh, but it's like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and then after that, a bunch of teams have more. And I think it kind of speaks to what the Bucks are right now, that they don't really end up blowing teams out. Uh, so you look at the teams at the top of the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics are 14-3 and three in 10-point games. The Raptors are 14-3 and three in 10-point games. Even the Wizards are 12-4 uh, and four in 10-point games. And then uh, over in the Western Conference, Golden State Warriors, 18-4 and four in 10-point games. Houston Rockets, 18-4 and four in 10-point games. So you're seeing those teams kind of have, I mean, games with larger margins. And I guess it is a bit of an anomaly. It is a bit of a team with the Bucks removed from the rest of the pack. Is there a reason why you think that is? Um, and do you think it says anything that that is how uh, the numbers have shaken out thus far? Well, we had we were talking about it um, over DMs like a while ago about the idea of, you know, that's been, been thrown around a bit that the Bucks play up and down to their, their level of competition. And, 
you know, a couple of data points here in the rec in this expanded standings table that you can kind of look at to test that. And one obviously is just the, the sheer number of 10 point plus games that the Bucks have played in. And the fact that they have the fewest games decided by 10 or more points um, speaks a, to the fact that they've basically been a very middle of the pack team so far so that they're never, you know, they're, they're, they're not that far removed from the bad teams and they're not that far removed from the good teams. Cause they're right sort of in the middle. Um, and it also speaks to um, maybe some of that idea that, you know, the Bucks are, you know, you could argue, well, they are not so inconsistent that they just completely mail games in, get blown out, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't really get blown out, even when they've played good teams, whether it was, you know, the Raptors or the Rockets or, you know, the Cavs, obviously. I mean, they've been competitive, you know, even when they've lost, they've been competitive in some ways. I think maybe that's almost frustrated people people more because they've <laughs> actually been competitive. Um, but they're competitive most nights, and unfortunately, on the flip side of that is that they're inconsistent. You could argue their inconsistency comes out more against these bad teams, where you'd expect them to win by, you know, that's where you win by 15 points, but you know they win by five. You know, I mean, the game, the game against Sacramento in Milwaukee, which I had come back for that weekend. I mean, that was a great example where the Bucks you know, are cruising and they should win that game by a lot. And granted, usually I feel like the Bucks don't have like a huge lead they blow necessarily. I mean, we did see that certainly against OKC. Um, but, you know, normally it's more just like they just can't get separation and the game's just close. And then a lot of these games they end up pulling out. So, um, so that's, that there seems to be something there. I mean, no team in the East has fewer 10 point victories than the Bucks. The Bulls are four and 10. So they've lost more blowouts, but they have the same number of blowout wins with four. And in the e- in the West, two teams have wor- have fewer blowout wins that the Suns and the Kings only have two each. Um, but it's pretty remarkable for all the Bucks' talent. Like they never really like if they peak, it's against good teams who they can't blow out because the team is good. Basically, um, I haven't uttered the phrase. I haven't said boat raced this entire year. No. No, maybe once. I yeah. think you said it once. Did they or maybe get boat it was, raced? Maybe it was. Maybe it was. Uh, you might have used it in that Hawks game. Oh, yep. I think or I did. In that, or in that Kings game. Those are the only two games I even really think of as like total blowouts. But, um, but yeah, that that is interesting. A couple more data points on this. So against sub five hundred teams, the Bucks are ten and six. Against five hundred and above teams, the Bucks are nine and ten. I don't know if that really tells you much. I don't know if there's really a narrative to, to claw out of that. I mean, again, they're close to 500 against the good teams, above 500 against the bad teams. That's roughly what you should be. Now, we can argue the Bucks should be just better in general, um, but there's no like st- really strange um, phenomenon there. I mean, the Wizards are 11-6 and six against 500 and above teams and 10-10 ten and 10 against sub-500 teams. So that's, I would say, a very strange um margin you know the yep. raptors are seven and seven against good teams 18 and three against bad teams so that, that kind of i think underscores you know how well you can fatten up on um on bad teams um yep. and also i mean you look at this the celtics and raptors are both 18 and three so they've played 21 games against bad teams the cavaliers have played 23 games against bad teams the Bucks have only played 16 games against bad teams. So that's obviously a plus in the sense that, well, they haven't played as many bad teams. Now, granted, Boston and Toronto and Cleveland 
um, by definition, they can't play themselves. So they're, you know, kind of removing some, some difficult opponents out of that. But, you know, again, the Bucks are above 500 as well. So, you know, they, they can't play themselves there. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting, an interesting thing to look at there and just to sort of tease out and see like kind of what's going on. But certainly I, I mean, I didn't know that number before we looked it up tonight, but I'm not shocked when I hear that the Bucks are well below sort of what you'd expect in terms of blowing teams out, but they're also kind of below what you might expect in terms of how often they've gotten blown out themselves. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the bottom line is probably the most important thing when you look at all this stuff. The Bucks are still have the point differential of a, a slightly sub-500 team, yep. and that's probably the most concerning thing about this team because – you know, again, they've won 19 out of 35 games, but you know, a year ago, I think they were um, 18 and 16, and I think they lost the next game too, so 18, 17. So, you know, a year ago, this team was just one game worse in the standings than they are this year. And the real question is, you know, can you again get some separation? Because last year, the Bucks lost a bunch of games and were were 23 and 30 at one point, and then had to really finish strong to dig themselves out. Um, obviously this year, you know, if you're the Bucks, you want to have a similar finish record wise in terms of, you know, catching fire the last two months of the season, but well, you don't want to dig yourself that hole like they did a year ago to, to start with. Yeah. If you could catch fire and already be a couple games over 500, that would be great. Uh, that, that would be a really fun outcome. Uh, and it's just going to be a matter of this team kind of trying to figure out what they are because, uh, as the days go by in the Eastern Conference, it looks like we're getting a, a more clear delineation of, of where certain teams are. And teams are playing a, a pretty different number of games. I think I'm surprised the Celtics are already at 40 games. Um, when, most like the Bucks have 35 games, but uh, looking at win percentages, you have the Celtics at 750, you have the Raptors at 71, you have the Celtics at 67, and then it drops to the Pistons at 57, the Wizards at 56, the Bucks at 54, the Heat at 52, and the Pacers at 51. So you have a grouping of teams there that aren't separated by much, and then those kind of Two teams for sure in the Celtics and the Raptors, and then maybe the Cavaliers are finding their way uh, recently and getting themselves into that grouping as well. But uh, you need, if you're the Bucks, you need to find a way to find. You got to get to the top there uh, among that grouping of teams that is all going to be intermingled, and a good way to do that is by beating one of those teams, which they'll have the opportunity to do on Wednesday when they play the Indiana Pacers, uh, and they'll have. Uh, an especially uh, a good opportunity here as Victor Oladipo will miss the game against the Bucks on Wednesday. Uh, he has a sore right knee. The Pacers Twitter account tweeted out today that he will be out uh, for Wednesday. And I mean, that, that catches me as a huge break because this Pacers team is pretty similar to you. Um, you're going to get them a couple more times this year. And as we always talk about, even in the start of January, tiebreakers are very important. And getting a win on the Pacers would be important for, again, you, you hope it doesn't come down to it. You hope that the Bucks are able to get to the top of that pile. But in case they aren't, 
it'd be nice to have some of the tiebreakers, and they have a chance to get one against the Pacers, and really, without Oladipo, kind of steal one against the Pacers. Yeah, and well, I, I hate the idea of needing to steal a game against the Pacers at home, because the Pacers shouldn't be that good. And, and I to call be them honest, like I see them, Frank. Yeah. Well, this is the... This this is I think an interesting thing because I think when you think about the the frustration with the Bucks um, and and that they're not better I think the Pacers and the Pistons I think are really important for understanding where the Bucks are and where the Bucks aren't because I think those two teams I mean the Pacers are a game behind them in the standings are 19 and 18 versus the Bucks at 19 and 16 the Pistons are slightly ahead of them in the standings still. Um, but I think the mere proximity to the, those two teams, um, it's not to say that those teams are completely talentless and garbage or whatever. But fundamentally, like if you want to talk about like where the Bucks should be, and you know we had that big conversation about well, how good should the Bucks be? I mean, if the Pacers and Pistons are going to be, and and who knows if they, you know, especially in the Pacers, if they can keep this up. But if those teams are going to win forty-five-ish or more games. I mean, come on, Bucks. Like th- those yep. are the teams that I'm going to look at all year and say, if you cannot beat out those teams in the East standings at the end of the day, like, I mean, there's no way you can tell me. I mean, this is this is like the the you know perfect sort of. I mean, for for anyone who is you know grinding their their gears about Jason Kidd, and obviously that's a large majority of, of us Bucks fans. Ninety um, percent of our listeners. Yeah. Um, this is this is like you know the the kind of prime example of like okay so you know yeah like maybe the bucks aren't going to be you know eastern conference title contenders right now but they're not better than the pacers and pistons like they're not solidly better than those two teams they they don't have you know better point differentials than those two teams i mean right now you look at the east standings i mean the bucks are as we said the bucks are a negative point differential team right now and they're kind of in just like a blob of teams that have negative point differentials along with, um, you know, the Heat, the Pacers, the Knicks, and the Sixers, who are all kind of just like floating around there. I mean, the, the Heat have been even worse. They're minus 1.8 points per game. They're very lucky to be 19 and 17. But, you know, the Bucks have a worse point differential than the Pacers, Knicks, and Sixers right now. And the Knicks are 18 and 19. The, the Sixers are 17 and 19. So... I mean, again, like we kind of take for granted because the Bucks should be, there should be no doubt about the Bucks being in the playoffs. We kind of take for granted that they're just going to figure this out. But man, that that's not like, you know, when you, when you see those point differentials and you see just how much the Bucks have not sort of differentiated themselves from the Sixers and the Knicks as well, um, it, it doesn't give you a, war- a warm, fuzzy feeling. And it really underscores, I mean, I can't. I mean, I still just can't imagine if Giannis is healthy, the Bucks miss the playoffs. Like, I don't think Jason Kidd can stop them from making the playoffs. Yeah. But um, fundamentally, I mean, I, I mean, again, the Knicks have had. I think the Knicks have had the most home. Yeah, the Knicks have played twenty-two home games, fifteen on the road. They've had probably the easiest schedule um, of of that group. But, geez, I mean, Bucks, like seriously start playing start taking care of your shit is is i think the the bottom line because you know that if you're just going to cruise control this entire season um you're not going to probably like the end the end result yeah i can't imagine they would and 
it is it is frustrating because when when we talk about talent, obviously we had Dean on the other night and he talked about a fifty three to fifty five win team. Uh, that is what the their talent is to him. And when we have these conversations about really any of those teams in that blob, ten out of ten times I'm taking the Bucks roster, warts and all. DJ Wilson not co- having any contribution. Thon Maker's struggling. Uh, Delavadova's contract. Henson's contract. Sladovich's contract. All those things. I take the Bucks 10 out of 10 times, and there's just no separation uh, between them and these teams that, that I think have rosters clearly inferior. Uh, so, it, like you said, it, you do need to see this team start producing a little bit more. Uh, and, and the other... The other thing we were talking about earlier is the Pacers have a very similar profile to the Milwaukee Bucks. They're, they're a similar team. Offensive rating of 8th, defensive rating of 23rd. The Bucks have an offensive rating of 9th and a defensive rating of 24th. Uh, those numbers from basketball reference. And that is... That's... What? How? <laughs> How is that possible? Like looking at that Pacers roster, and obviously they've had a number of guys that ha- have really had nice seasons and outperformed what anyone I think would have expected from them. But at the same time, how is that possible? And you look at what the Pacers have done recently; they're on a four-game lose streak, and well, Oladipo has missed three game the last three games with a sore right knee, so. If you take out those four losses, this was a 19 and 15 team. <laughs> why? How? Why are the Bucks not that? Like it, that? That is just something uh, that is really mind-boggling. Uh, this is a team, this Bucks team, that has to kind of figure out how to get it all together and figure out how they're going to start winning games more consistently because uh, it should it just shouldn't be this way. So uh, we'll see if they can figure that out. Talking about that Pacers team, without Oladipo, um, and again, he's been one of the, the best stories in all of basketball this year, uh, but 24.9 points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game, 3.9 assists, 1.8 steals, one block, uh, 42% from the three-point line, 51% uh, from two, and 79% from the free-throw line. Like He is just putting up numbers, just uh, crazy numbers, and he's carried that team. So if you take that out, you look at what that roster has underneath it, and it's... Uh, let's go in order of minutes played per game. Thaddeus Young, Bojan Bogdanovic, uh, Darren Collison, Miles Turner, Corey Joseph, DeMontis Sabonis, Lance Stevenson. Like Those are the guys that have appeared in the most games for them and played the most minutes for them. Does that sound like a team that should scare you in any way? Like That is a team that, as we've talked about blowouts, that's a team you should blow out. Like the, to me, there just doesn't. I'm trying to think of conceivable ways that this Pacers team could stay in this game without Oladipo, and I struggle. So again, like you said, take care of your shit bucks. It's interesting looking at their shot profile as well because they're, I mean, their their you know basket of shots that they take is really not a a high 
percentage basket uh, portfolio, if you will, of shots. I mean, they're 16th in the league in terms of the frequency of shots they get at the rim. They're 25th in three point per- in percentage of shots that are three pointers. So you're starting off basically you're you know below average in the two areas where you you know really want to be. And then they take the most long mid-range jumpers of any team in the league. They're six in terms of overall all mid-range jumpers. Um, they're 19th in corner threes. Um, so they just don't they just don't really they, like nothing about their shot profile would tell you that they're going to be a good offense. But then you look at their field goal percentages, and they've been crazy good everywhere except at the rim. At the rim, they're 21st, but every place else, they're top four. Short mid-range, they're fourth, 44%. Long mid-range, they're second, 44%. All mid-rangers, second overall, 44%. Corner threes, 44.5%. That's fourth. Non-corner threes, 38%. That's second. All threes, 39.5%. That's second. Now, part of the reason they may be so good at three-pointers is because they just don't take very many, right? So they're only taking wide-open ones maybe, right? That could be the explanation there. But... um but like all these long mid-range jump shots and stuff, especially with given that they take a lot of them, you know, to me that says they're probably getting lucky. And as that stuff kind of works its way back towards the mean, um, you're probably going to see this offense begin to to suffer a bit more. But, uh, you know, again, so far, obviously the numbers have been there in terms of especially their offense um, and defensively, you know, I, I don't know, it, long, long dead of the days of, of uh, Frank Vogel and, you know, a team that just played defense really well and, and couldn't score. Um, and, you know, I, I, I give Nate McMillan some credit. I did not think that this could like offensively work, that they could, you know, play faster and they don't play fast by pace. Um but I think they do try to play fast in terms of getting the ball up the court. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see just sort of this team. Like, is this sustainable? Um, I think certainly the the returns on on Oladipo and Sabonis um, have been certainly much better than anybody expected uh, as far as the Paul George trade. So you know that has worked out well. As far as whether that really leads you anywhere other than just you know the purgatory of like the eight seed to 10th seed. Um, I'm not really convinced of that. I'm, I probably need to see more from this team to think that this is legit. And certainly, especially some of the offense, there's reason to believe it's, it's not going to last. So I, I don't know. I mean, this is a team I th- I'm curious to see them up close just because I haven't really watched them um, much at all this season. So I'm curious to see them obviously without all depot, it's not really a fair picture of, of what they are, but um, that also kind of is going to, you know, shine the magnifying glass uh, a little bit more directly on, uh, on the rest of the roster, which, you know, as you pointed out, is not really a roster you would expect to be in the mix for a playoff seed necessarily, but so far that's that's what they've been. Yeah, I, I'm almost a little bit disappointed that I'm not going to see Oladipo just because I wanted to I wanted to see it. <laughs> I, I wanted to see what what it was like. Uh, what he has been able to do this year has kind of been uh, crazy. So I, I was hoping to get to see that in person, but that's okay. It'll have to wait for... Later in the year, the Bucks have the Pacers again on Monday, January 8th, so next Monday, um, and then it's a while before they have them again, uh, Friday, March 2nd, so uh, if Oladipo isn't able to go on that one on Monday as well, then maybe he'll be ready to go in March. Um, anything else you're thinking about with the Bucks? Um, I think... 
for the Bucks as opposed to their opponent. I, I think some of the interesting things recently are obviously uh, Ligon's minutes not really being there. Um, I guess, let's see, is it two games now that Sterling Brown hasn't seen the floor? Um, I, I was thinking maybe we were turning the corner there, um, but maybe that is not the case. Uh, and then I think just Delvadova, 19 assists to one turnover. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. 19 assists to one turnover in the last two games, and uh, they've really found some some rhythm with him in the game offensively, so we'll see if they can do that again. Uh, anything else you're thinking about from, from a Bucks perspective? I, I nearly made a, a joke about, um, I was trying to, I was going to try to pay pay uh some some credit to to delhi for his play the last couple of games and i and i almost tweeted out something to the effect of that delhi was worth his weight in vegemite and then it, i was like wait a minute it's normally worth your weight in gold vegemite i would say is probably not worth as much per ounce as gold so i'm really just saying delhi sucks which Correct. wait a minute maybe that wait is that more accurate overall though so i don't know <laughs> So I'm I'm sitting on a Delhi is worth his weight in Vegemite line. And You're workshopping sure, it. It's fine. I'm workshopping. I'm not sure when is the right time to use it. Maybe like after a really mediocre game, I'm going to say worth his there weight in go. Vegemite. Yeah. Um, but uh, certainly the last couple of games worth more than his weight in Vegemite. Um, so shout out to Delhi because you know we talked about it with Henson. Henson giving you good minutes, making his contract. The, making the money on his contract that he gets um, is important because yeah. it means he's not dead weight from a productivity standpoint. It means you don't need to go out and pay somebody, you know, Greg Monroe money to to go eat those minutes. So that's important. And certainly for Della Vadova, I mean, you know, again, yeah, with Brogdon and Bledsoe around, I mean, you're not going to convince me that they need Matthew Della Vadova on this contract, on this team. Um, but given he's not going to be obviously easily movable, um, you know, you might as well get something out of him and certainly, what he gives you is better than, you know, DeAndre Liggins, as I will say with confidence, Eric. I, I'm not dithering on that anymore. He is better than DeAndre Liggins. Yes. I, kn- I knew you'd come around, my friend. I knew you'd come around. Um, all right. Well, that's going to be it for us then. Uh, we will talk to you after the game. Uh, a reminder, it is a draft Wednesday. You can download Draft or you can uh, go to Draft.com and use the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. And that gets you a free ticket. And what a free ticket means is uh, a free play for a $3 game. And if you're following Frank and I at Eric underscore name, and if you're following at Lockdown Frank, that means you can get invited into our $3 game and then, bam, play for free in our $3 game. Uh, so your very first play could be for free, could be for free and for a chance to take our money. So uh, go out and use that today. Again, L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks on draft. We'll talk to you after the game. That was Frank. I'm Eric. We'll talk to you tomorrow.